0: Welcome to Stacking the Box podcast. I am Sterling Holmes, joined as always by Ian McMillan. And for the second week in a row, Reed Wallach joining us as well. Fellas, how you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Uh, we're getting close to the NFL draft. So, of course, we wanted to bring on Reed because he is a college football expert that we know and love. So he gives a little bit uh, better insight than we might have about these college football players. We're, what, a little over a week away? Is it week a week from this Thursday, I believe, is the NFL draft. So uh, I'm excited. Some the odds are moving. There's things going on. There's lots to talk about.
2: Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, This draft seems uh, last year was like Trayvon Walker came out of nowhere. But this seems even more chaotic because the swings at one and now you don't really know what's happening at two. And the ripple effects are starting to show how crazy this is going to be. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I I think these are the best kind of drafts where you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and everyone obviously has like, they're all opinions and this guy sucks and this guy's great. And how could you do that? But I, I think that's what makes the NFL draft so fun. So I'm, uh, I'm pumped to,
0: you know, chop it up with you guys again. Well, let's talk about chaos. Who is going to go number two in the NFL draft? You're seeing Will Levis just rise up people's boards. Um, obviously Anthony Richardson has been a hot topic. You have CJ Stroud, you have Bryce Young. Is it going to be a wild card? And someone just trades up and goes, Will Anderson at two. What are you guys thinking here? I'll start with you, Ian.
1: Yeah, well, the odds have kind of completely shifted on this. And uh, you got you know, uh, Sterling, with myself and Reed. we kind of look to the betting odds uh, as the best predictors of what's going to happen. And uh, the number two pick, Will Levis, has randomly over the past 24 hours become... Uh, if not the base, it kind of changes depending on what sports book you look at. But if not the betting favorite, he's right behind mm-hmm. Will Anderson to go number two overall. So the odds have completely shifted. I don't really know if there's a specific reason why that has happened. If there's a report, maybe Reed can get more into that. But uh, right now, I don't know, like out of the blue, it looks like Will Levis might be the number two overall pick or. Uh, maybe the Texans don't even go quarterback. That's kind of the other narrative that's going around. Maybe the Texans go uh, Will Anderson and get the best pass rusher in the NFL draft. So uh, that seems to be the biggest question mark uh, right now uh, circling around. Reed, yeah, is Will Levis actually have an actual shot to go number two?
0: Yeah, I,
2: I last week I was kind of throwing some uh, cold water on CJ Shroud. Just based on every report was, well, it looks like it's probably going to be Bryce Young, but it. I don't think Houston has ever had any sort of connection to C.J. Stroud, not to mention C.J. Stroud's agent was Deshaun Watson's agent, so that already kind of sets that off on the wrong foot there. But it seems like, based on all the Houston-connected reporters, Will Levis was the... Um, quarterback two on Houston's board. It was Bryce Young and then Will Levis and then maybe CJ Shroud. So maybe that's why Will Levis has creeped up the odds board. Um, you know, I floated to you guys last week. I thought the scenario was going to go Bryce one defense two, either Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson and then CJ Shroud three. Shroud might fall even further because if Houston isn't, if Houston wants to trade out, which lands zero line, said yesterday and he's a Houston based reporter um that the Texans kind of want to trade out now they can't get Bryce Young they don't love anyone they want to move out if that now throws into flux what Arizona wants to do at three because why would you trade to three if you could trade to two so Arizona's stuck at three what do they do they're probably going to go defense because they have Kyler Murray they're in a full rebuild they'll probably go pass rusher with a Gannon taking over so Are we looking at Adam Schefter even said it, it might go quarterback, defense, defense, and then the Colts get their pick of the litter at quarterback. So again, all these different permutations are trying to come out, but the Texans have Will, it seemingly have Will Levis higher on their board. So that's why I think he's now surpassed C.J. Stroud on the odds board to go number two, if the Texans even keep the pick. So lot to dissect there. I don't know,
0: Sterling, where you want to go with it, but we can talk about it I want to say, why would the Texans trade out of two? I know you, you mentioned maybe they don't love anyone, and I get that. But there's no guarantee you're going to end up with a top five draft pick next year. You mm. might squeak out some games that you thought you might lose. Next thing you know, you won a few games. You're sitting at seven. You don't have a chance of taking a quarterback. If you don't love one of these guys, I get it. But still, you have Davis Mills as your quarterback nothing against davis mills but i don't think any all three of us are sitting here going yeah that's the answer for houston do you think they either draft a defensive player or a trade back because i just can't see them not taking a quarterback and you want to go first
1: yeah i don't know i i <laughs> i wish i had a strong opinion on this but this is I, how's that fence
0: feeling is, is it a good if, a good if, fence if, or
1: sturdy th- this is what i'll say if you like unpredictable first 10 picks of nfl drafts you're, you're gonna love this year's edition of it um peter schrager was the latest mock draft that i looked at here he has them trading back with the colts and swapping picks with the colts but yeah i mean if bryce young is their number one guy and that's not the guy they they th- th- that they're able to get because bryce young goes number one why wouldn't you trade back though why why wouldn't you try to get a little bit more capital especially with the team uh, that has as many holes uh, as the Houston Texans. If you can't get your number one guy and you don't have a straight up number two and there's a handful of guys that you're, you'd be willing to take uh, down a few picks later, uh, why not stock up on, on pieces to try to fix this roster? Because um, as Gregory Schwartz says in the chat here, their roster is booty cheeks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I I think... The Texans, knowing what the quarterback class is next year, they're they're still going to be a bottom five team, as Greg uh, says so eloquently. Their their roster's booty cheek. So I uh, I don't think if you don't like a quarterback, you can't. I know it, it's tough to sell to your fan base, and you know this team has been bad for a couple of years now, and they want to say, hey, look, we got our guy. But if your guy's not there, and you just hired D'Amico, rides a defensive line head coach either trade back and continue to gather ammunition to move up in next year's draft. If you are picking seven, like you said, Sterling trade back and you can load up on your defense. They're picking 12. Also. I personally think if they stand pat, they should go defense. I don't, th- I do not like will Levis as a quarterback prospect. I know some people think that, you know, maybe he's Josh Allen type of director here. I don't see it. I'll, I don't have like, maybe he's, is really good. I don't see it at all, but I think, that if that's the case, take your number one defensive prospect if you can't move out and, you know, kick this down the road again because you're not going to compete anyway. So why not start building the pieces? So if you are lucky enough to draft a Drake May or a Caleb Williams next year, you're closer to making a, you know, a push forward in the coming years. And also, I just saw, it's not necessarily really, but uh, Panthers GM Scott Fitterer says the team has gotten, quote, clarity through the scouting process since the combine, but has hasn't made their decision on number one pick yet. Board will be finalized in the coming days. Obviously the betting market will say that that's not the case. Bryce Young's like minus 1200 to go
0: number one. So, but yeah, let's stick with the Texans. I would absolutely love if some GM would just ever come out and say, yeah, dude, no, we're, we're, we're taking Bryce Young. Once. <laughs> they always have, well, we don't really know. We have no idea who we're taking. No, you know who you're taking. Yeah, You understand. I would just love one time, yeah, yeah, we're taking this guy one. You guys can find out who's, who's going to, we're taking this guy one. I feel like that
1: used to be the case. I feel like 20 years ago, sometimes they'd come out like a week before the draft and basically already announced their
2: pick. It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and they still take five minutes on the clock. Oh, they! Always, it always gets milked out. Always, like the whole time, and like Mel Kuiper's talking about, like a guy who's not
0: getting taken at one anyway. Like he's like, this guy might go one. <laughs> it's like for like, it the Jaguars. It was a Jaguars, <laughs> and they had Trevor Lawrence. We know Trevor Lawrence was going one. We knew <laughs> what the Jags were doing, and they're sitting there just waiting until it hits zero. All right, who are they taking? Yeah, just Could be anyone.
2: I, I don't know. I I think Houston to me it's trade back or defense in my opinion i think that there there will be a team that bites and ends up trade or at least being you know uh very interested in trading up maybe it's a team a little bit more random than like the colts from four but i think with the texans trading up and the board being set on likely bryce young i think that you're going to be able to find a team that would bite and houston can maybe recoup some even more assets they could get a defensive player, they could, you know, reshore that offensive line and they could kick this down the road. And again, it seems like though people aren't as interested as CJ Shroud as it was initially thought. Um, you know, you can't find a good report of Adam lately. So maybe that's one big smoke screen, or maybe they just don't see it.
0: Uh, let's look into the future. Where will C.J. Stroud fall and why? We're, we're talking about him sliding back. We're, we're hearing all these reports about Bryce Young, Will Levis, but the, the front of C.J. Stroud has been pretty quiet. Ian, I'll start with you. Where does he go? Where does he land?
1: Yeah, let's get crazy here. I think he might even drop all the way down to uh, seven to the Raiders if you want to get completely crazy. Because if you look at how this could shake out, you could go, obviously, Bryce Young, number one. Let's say Texans keep their pick. They go Will Anderson. Cardinals go defense, Tyree Wilson. Number four, maybe the Colts go Will Levis. Maybe the reports are that, you know, are true that Will Levis might be the number two quarterback. He gets taken by the Colts. And then the Seahawks could go quarterback, but they uh, obviously have Geno Smith. They have some other positions they could take as well. Lions probably going to take a defensive lineman. And then right there, the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at number seven. I don't think they think Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, their quarterback of the future. CJ Stroud drops all the way to him. We might see Stroud go to Vegas. So my prediction, if Will Levis obviously he does he does need to leapfrog him because there is going to be at least two quarterbacks taken in the top 6. Uh, but let's get crazy. Let's say Levis leapfrogs
2: Stroud and Stroud drops all the way down to the Raiders at 7. Reed, this is this is my mock draft like 1.27 changing by the hour. Uh this is what I wrote down this morning as like how I could see it going. I don't necessarily know who's taking these players like if there's trades or anything but this is how I see. I see one Bryce Young, two Will Levis, Three, I'll go Tyree Wilson, because you guys know that's kind of like my guy. I'll go Anthony Richardson at four, Colts take Richardson. Uh, Five, Will Anderson, and then six, C.J. Stroud. I I think um, Detroit ends up uh, making a move for Stroud, because, again, you got Jared Goff for a year, let this contract run out, and maybe C.J. Stroud and why teams are maybe showering on him is that – He's more of a project than it's being led on. Obviously, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, played at Ohio State, but maybe he's more raw or these teams see him as more raw, and that's what's leading to the slide where, you know, if you're Houston or you're Carolina, you kind of need a guy to come in right now and play. You need a guy that's going to get day one snaps. Maybe C.J. Stroud isn't ready for that. If you're Detroit with the treasure chest of assets you have, I think right now is the time to strike and get your quarterback of the future, in my opinion. So um, I'll go C.J. Stroud falling to
0: six. One thing I want to bring up that you touched on was Richardson to the Colts. Do you think that the Colts would have been more in on Lamar Jackson if that were the case? Because they're different players. One's going to be on a rookie contract. One's going to get a massive contract, but one has also won an MVP, right? Do you think the Colts would have been more in on Lamar Jackson if they're going to go for a guy like Anthony Richardson? I don't
2: know. I think that, The Colts, where they're slotted in the draft, maybe that helped dictate. And I guess it's kind of answering your question. But, yeah, I think where they are at four, that helped decide for them. Like, we're not going to make this investment on Lamar Jackson. We'd rather restart the clock, you know, have that fifth-year option on quarterback on a rookie deal. We feel we could get back into it in the AFC South. Um, So, yeah, maybe that's why they didn't want to make such a commitment to Lamar Jackson. Um, And, yeah, so I I guess, yeah, I think they're – Position did lend
0: their hand to we're not gonna really get involved with Lamar. So you guys went crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna go crazy. CJ Stroud at one. I'm calling smoke screen. I'm calling I'm calling smokescreen. I'm 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 saying he the, doesn't believe in the odds. I'm telling you, you guys can say the odds all you want, but they don't always hit. Come on, the Peacocks made it. We're talking about the Elite Eight last year. We're talking about the final four last year. What were those odds? This is a little different. I know. I understand. But I, if you guys are getting crazy, I'll get crazy too. All right. I'm going to go C.J. Stroud at one. Again, I think he's the most NFL-ready quarterback. I think he translates, translates best to the NFL. Bryce Young, I just have too many questions about. And if there's that many questions, I don't want to take that guy at one. Will Levis, I have an immense amount of questions about. As a Mizzou guy, I watch a ton of SEC football. I don't see it with Will Levis. I just don't see it. There's nothing that screams, yeah, that is the guy – um, I think I have the least amount of questions about CJ Stroud personally, maybe his ceiling isn't as high as Bryce young, but I do think the floor is there personally. Um, I know you're not t- t- uh, typically drafting for high floor at one, but I think he is the best NFL uh, quarterback from this draft. I'm going CJ Stroud at one.
1: You can bet on him right now. It's seven to one plus 700 to be the first overall pick.
0: Hey, can I hold five? You, you put five <laughs> on it for me. All right. Hey, All how right. about this? You owe me those beers which right. apparently uh, a six pack costs 20 bucks where you're from. You throw 20 on CJ Stroud for me and call it good. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the future. Number two, uh, where does Jalen Carter get selected right now? The bears are the favorites.
1: Uh, I think, I think he might go to the Falcons at number eight. I think if he drops to number eight and the Falcons are there, I think they take him. Um, Obviously as he, he kind of, off-field concerns or didn't look good in his pro day gained what 8 10 12 pounds something like Uh that but now with the falcons trading for uh, jeff okuda it's almost locked in that they're going to go defensive lineman unless they go uh, like an offensive playmaker which i'm not going to agree that they do because they've they've done that the past couple of seasons uh, of drafts they need defensive linemen they need cornerbacks even though they got jeff okuda there i would think they're going to go defensive lineman here i think jalen carter is going to fall a little bit A lot of mock drafts have him going at number six, but that uh, the comments by Dan Campbell about him um, saying that he's heard some things that has changed his view on him are kind of ominous. So I don't really know if the Lions are going to take him. If he drops down to number eight, I think the Falcons will take a shot and try to get their defensive lineman there.
2: Yeah, I, I think that Atlanta is in the market for them. I do wonder though, Ian, you made a good point about Atlanta potentially trading back or not trading back, but taking an offensive player. And that's why I think that they might trade back yeah. Maybe get B. John Robinson. Maybe, though, it's closer to, like, 13. You know, like, pick up a future third or fourth rounder and then get their guy anyway. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I do think Atlanta, if they stay put at 8, will take a pass rusher. So I think Atlanta at 8 or a team trading up with Atlanta at 8 because I think the Bears would be very interested in Jalen Carter at 9. So if a team wants to move up, I saw Peter King this week. He said the hottest rumor this week is that the Steelers want to move up for Jalen Carter so Ooh. you know Steelers coming I believe it's 17 they're at Steelers move up from 17 to 8 Falcons move back to 8 and they get you know that might make a little bit more sense for them that they could take an offensive player whether it's Bijan Robinson if he's on the board or it's a wide receiver maybe that makes a little bit more sense than that eight Steelers get their guy at eight they leapfrog the um Bears at nine or the Eagles at 10 even so I think Eight is where, to me, Jalen Carter, that's where I think he's most likely to land, and that's where I think his draft range starts. I think eight to
0: 10, he's one of those three picks. Call me smoke smokescreen Sterling, because I have Jalen Carter going to the Lions. Okay. Uh, I think Dan Campbell's comments, you can take them two ways. Originally, I took it as a, well, everything's going wrong surrounding Jalen Carter right now. There's not any positive news coming mm-hmm. out. And then when pressed more about Jalen Carter and talking to his teammates, He said, it's interesting, asked to elaborate. Dan Campbell said, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's a little bit of a smokescreen saying, hey, this is our guy. We know all this stuff. Maybe the teammates said glowing things about Jalen Carter. We do not know. The thing we do know is he's an undeniable talent. That's what we do know. The Lions do need some help defensively. Uh, As fun as it would be for them to take a, a quarterback to eventually take the reins from Jared Goff, Jared Goff was not an issue for him last year. Their offense was actually pretty electric. He had maybe his best year in the NFL last year. No, it wasn't with Sean McVay. It was with Dan, bite those kneecaps Campbell. Uh, I'm not saying Jared Goff is a future you know, franchise quarterback for the Lions, but I think they're fine for a few more years with him. Jalen Carter, to me, makes sense to the Lions.
1: I mean, hey, listen, Aiden Hutchinson and Jalen Carter, that'd be a pretty good one-two punch on the defensive line there. That'd be a scary combo for any team.
0: Yeah, I,
2: I think you make good points about where the Lions could go in the draft and taking Jalen Carter. I just, I don't know. Like your smokescreen, I feel like I buy into that that kind of theory that the Lions wouldn't want to take someone like Jay, with the background like Jalen Carter. And we don't need to get into like what happened and everything, but just that to me, it seems like Dan Campbell's trying to establish that culture. And like, I don't know if they're at the point where it's like Dan Campbell believes he could like turn around Jalen Carter's. Uh, you know, mindset and all that stuff. And, you know, the potential, I think he still is trying to build that culture. And that's why I think either they would take a shot on a quarterback or maybe it's someone like Devin Witherspoon, the you know, one-star cornerback prospect. I know we talked about him last week. Um, I think that makes a little bit more sense than Jalen Carter, but I mean, you know, he's being mocked five and six to Seattle, Detroit. So he's all over the board. I just think that especially with this quarterback situation, I feel like it pushes back Carter even further than six. That That's my opinion on
0: it. Let's get into the future. Number three, is Hendon Hooker a first-round pick, the quarterback from Tennessee?
1: Uh, I'm going to go yes here. Uh, Peter Schrager released his mock draft this morning, and he kind of got bold with it. He has Hendon Hooker going 11 to the Titans before even Will Levis comes off the board. I think that's a little aggressive, but I think there are some teams down uh, a little bit further on the draft board. That could take a quarterback. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, the Tom Brady, uh, picking number nineteen. That's a team that needs a quarterback. Baker Mayfield's obviously uh, not going to be their answer there. Uh, Seattle Seahawks right behind them. Some some people are saying the Seahawks take uh, a quarterback uh, with their top ten pick um, at number five or whatever whatever it is they pick. I think it would make more sense for them to go somewhere else, get their quarterback, maybe Hendon Hooker at number twenty uh, in the first round. So. Uh, there are some options a little bit later on in the first round. I'm not going to get aggressive and say that he's going to be a, a top tier pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say Hendon Hooker does go in the first round. The odds for I saw somewhere is over under four and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round, which Hendon Hooker would be the swing player for that. Um, just about basically a coin flip. So
2: uh and, going and was- was- to be Ian, it was like plus 200, plus 250, yeah. or like a week and a half ago. So Hooker has been building steam. I know he's visiting with the Giants today. I don't know if the Giants would take him in the first round, but you know, you never know. Um, I agree though. I think Hendon Hooker does end up going in the first round. I think that obviously towards ACL at the end of the season, but this is you're seeing a lot of quarterbacks having that fifth year option is incredibly important. You know, keep them under control for an extra year before you have to pay them out. I think. Like Ian said, there's plenty of teams in the back half of the first round that would be interesting. And another one was, I know, I think it was Ian Rappaport said, uh, the Saints at 29. Uh, they signed Derek Carr, of course, but I don't think Derek Carr is the long-term option there. Maybe this is a year for, like a retro year for Hendon Hooker. Then he could come over and take the reins uh, for the Saints. But also, teams could move into the first round outside of it and go get a guy, moving into that top 31. Obviously, you know, 32, because Miami forfeited their pick. But... A team wants that fifth-year option; they forfeit, you know, a future third rounder, move into the first round, get Hendon Hooker, and move on with it. Um, so, yeah, I think Hendon Hooker for sure is in play in the first round. I'll I'll lean towards yes. I know it's still slightly favoring under four and a half quarterbacks in the first round. I'll go over. Um, I think
0: that Hooker ends up finding his way in the first thirty-one picks. Yeah, I think that fifth-year option is a difference maker. I, I really do. I, I think you're seeing what the Packers and Jordan Love have gone through, and I, I think teams are saying, hey, we, we might need a little bit more time. The one question I have with Hendon Hooker, right? okay, I have multiple questions, but the main one I have is he's 25. That's not a young guy. That's not a, all right, we have a long time to see what he is. At the end of that fifth-year option, you're your person pushing, pushing 30. <laughs> I mean, that's tough. I do think it's a first-round quarterback just based on the fact that quarterbacks – Teams need quarterbacks and teams are, are going higher and higher and higher. They're trying to take these chances. Uh, I know Ian will like this. According to Lance Zerline, guess what his comp is? Matt Ryan, yeah. Desmond Ritter. Uh, Desmond, Ritter. <laughs> Desmond Ritter. So, Ian, you might as well go and uh, double down and, and get Hendon Hooker. Um, again, the age is the main concern. The injury is a concern. Uh, but I do, do think that the way quarterbacks have been going off boards, I will have him in the first round. And again, the chiefs at 31, if they don't trade up, I could see the chiefs trading back in some team at getting that fifth year option for him at 31. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think also I, we were talking about this last week, anytime you trade back, I feel like
2: it doesn't hurt, right? Like you're always, you know, you're stockpiling assets. You never know. You don't need to force a pick. You just move back a couple and then you, you move on with it. So I think you're right. A team like Kansas city, they're cool, just, you know, stockpiling assets and moving on with it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I take Hooker in the first round, like you said, certainly with all the questions, but again, we're talking about Will Levis potentially going number two. So um, this is not us saying what we would do. We're trying to talk
0: about like what the teams would do. Uh, let's look into the future with predict one team that will trade way up in the first round. Ian.
1: Uh, I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be my prediction. This is a team that even though they have – like they don't necessarily have a high draft pick. This is a team now that with Tom Brady gone, they got some holes that they need to fill. They're all of a sudden the number two team, if not the number three team uh, in the NFC South, I think. Um, Devin White also obviously has reported that he wants uh, a trade. So maybe that, you know, gives them a piece that they can give to move up uh, in the first round. Um, So yeah, I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they have someone on their board, Maybe they want to get a quarterback. Maybe they know four guys that uh, the four quarterbacks are gone early. They want to trade up to get the fifth guy. Who knows? Uh, But I'm going to say the Tampa
0: Bay Buccaneers. They're at 19 right now. Yeah. They're at 19. How high do you think they go?
1: Um let's say 12, 13, 14. Patriots love to trade down in drafts and get mm. more picks. Patriots are there at 14. Um, because then you also, I mean, for this question, what's gonna be the biggest what's gonna be the biggest move in terms of how many spots up is a team gonna move in the first round? Is any team gonna move up more than five or six spots? I mean, it's happened before,
0: but wait till you me. get to my answer, pal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: To answer your Mm -hmm. question i feel like you could see for two or three someone potentially making like i i think that you know it's probably a team in the top 10 looking to get a quarterback but like i don't know if a team like really wants to get bold like you're looking at like minnesota i've seen been rumored with hendon hooker what if they don't want hendon hooker and they want cj shroud and they move up to you know three Mm. with arizona so i feel like Early, you could see a team move all the way up, but like a team like Tampa Bay move, like I the further out you get, you know what I mean? I feel like you start to lose your boldness. Like the Raiders at seven, they would move back, but I see them only moving back like four or five spots. I wouldn't see them moving all the way back. So um ironically, the team I think trading way up, I think Houston ends up making a move back up. I, I think the position they're in is really strange. They they can maybe move back and then back up. I think that they're gonna be all over the place, just given the position they're seemingly in where they don't sound confident with where they're at at two, but what if they really want to just end up at like, you know, the back half of the top 10, like seven or eight, you know, do you have to move back and then back up or do you need like two simultaneous trades? So I think Houston is really going to dictate this board in a really chaotic manner because that's going to resemble how this draft looks. It looks chaotic. So um, I could see Houston moving out of two, but then flying right back up to get into the top 10 again. So Um, I'll go Houston is going to be making a move back up. I don't know what else they're doing, but I think they're going to move
0: back up also. I do think if CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I don't think Bryce Young has much, but if CJ Stroud falls, like you guys are mentioning, the odds are uh, kind of indicating you could see a team really trading up and drafting him at six, Mm. trying to get in front and really trying to to make something happen there. But the team I'm going with is the Kansas City Chiefs, and not just because I'm a Chiefs guy, but what has Brett Veach shown us? He's aggressive. If he sees his guy, what's he going to do? He's going to go and get his guy. The draft is in Kansas City. I know a lot of people are saying, well, they won't trade back. They want to have that uh, first-round draft pick for the fans. Brett Veach doesn't care what the fans want. He traded Tyreek Hill. If he cared about selling jerseys, he would have kept Tyreek Hill here. He's not afraid to make the unpopular decision. He's in the business of winning Super Bowls, not making fans happy, right? That's what your job is as a GM, and he does it damn well. So I don't think the Chiefs stay at 31 if they have uh, only 18 or 19 guys with a first round um, you know, draft uh, grade on these guys, right? Say there's a guy open at 21, 22. I think the Chiefs will go up and get that guy. Brett Veach is aggressive. And I think there's uh, a potential guy in Darnell Wright that is mocked around anywhere from what, 16, 17 to maybe 23. I think if Darnell Wright's in that early 20 range, you'll see Brett Veach go up and get him the tackle from Tennessee. Uh, that's the way I think Brett Veach goes. And I think if there's, if they're, not a guy there if, if Darnell Wright's gone if there's not a first-round grade I do think you see the Chiefs trade back for someone looking for and hooker yeah exactly <laughs> no, no that's actually my exact reasoning yeah. so that's where I'm at makes sense okay wow I thought I was gonna get some pushback on the Chiefs trading up eight or nine spots no apparently... I should have
1: guessed you I should have guessed you you were gonna say the Chiefs though because you'll you take every opportunity to talk for no Chiefs, but no. it's
0: because it's because <laughs> they're aggressive who, who else would do it they traded up for Trent McDuffie. Like, like like if there's a guy that Brett Veach wants, he will do it. E- even if does isn't paying out, he traded up for for Breland Speaks. It didn't work, but he did it. Like if he has his guy, he will not be afraid to go get his guy. And that's what happens when you win Super Bowls and you have
2: Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You have the the go ahead to go get your guy, go move up eight spots, move up ten spots, whatever you got to do to go get the guy. So um, I could definitely see Kansas City. I, I'll they won't stay at thirty one. They'll either go up or down. They won't They won't pick that 31st pick, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. If, if if they do move up, do you think it is for an offensive tackle? Do you think they could move up for a receiver or any other, other position, or do you think it's offensive tackle or nothing?
0: If it's a receiver, I would be um, very not happy. I was going to say upset, but Brett Veach does deserve some credit, right? Two Super Bowl wins in five years. Got to give the guys some credit. But I think JSN is really the only guy that I have a first-round grade on. Zay Flowers, I just don't trust. Uh, Quentin Johnston, I just don't trust him to question mark. I think you can get a guy similar to him and Cedric Tillman later on. I don't know why I'm talking about so many Tennessee players this <laughs> show, but I sure am. Uh, I just don't see it, right? Um, I think tackling, especially Darnell Wright, because I think Broderick Jones is the next guy uh, above Darnell Wright, and I think he'll go before. So then you're probably looking only at him as a swing guy. I don't see an edge player that's really worth trading up for unless you're getting into the top – what 12 that's not happening um if you want to get crazy uh what's it can the interior defense alignment is kind of fun but he's kind of mocked around 31 anyways um i think it's pretty much tackler nothing in my opinion all right. all right all right let's look into the future again early offensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year picks reed you can go first this one
2: all right obviously a little tricky given uh we don't know what team these people are on but I'll, I'll go a little bold. Um, I'll take Jordan Addison as offensive rookie of the year. I think he's going to find himself in the back half of the first round. And depending on the situation he falls into, I think that you could see him really shy. I mean, this guy, uh, most receiving yards in the country two years ago at Pitt, obviously was ridiculous in Lincoln Riley's offense at USC last year. But I just think the route running, all that stuff is going to show. It didn't show at the Combine. There was a lingering injury. I just think it's going to show at the next level. He has that speed, able to play inside and out. I mean, if I were to, like, pick a spot that I would want him to go to that would really, you know, make him stand out as a Rookie of the Year candidate, probably the Chargers at 21 would be great. Obviously, the Giants at 25 would also be fine with me as a Giants fan. But, you know, I think that there are a lot of opportunities in the back half of the first round for a receiver to get in a better situation than maybe someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba that might go a little bit higher, but may find himself in a a spot that won't let him, you know, get the requisite numbers to win offensive rookie of the year. So I think Jordan Addison, because I think he ends up getting in a good situation. And then for defense, um, I think Will Anderson, I just think guys everywhere. I think he's going to have the numbers. And um, yeah, especially if he gets, you know, picked two to Houston, that division specifically, a lot of bad offenses in there. Um, I think he could really feast and pick up the sack totals. So I'll take Will Anderson as my defensive rookie of the year uh, pick. Obviously, before we know the teams, it's all tricky, but um, I'll keep it easy there. I'll go Will Anderson.
1: Uh, I'll I'll be obvious for my offensive rookie of the year. I'll go uh, Bryce Young, who looks to be the number one overall pick, even though Sterling, you don't believe that. If he does go to Carolina... Smokes green. <laughs> Smokes green. <laughs> <laughs> if he does go to Carolina number one overall, I mean, usually, obviously, offensive rookie of the year does usually go to a quarterback. You're, you're probably pretty safe taking one of those. Uh, if if any quarterback does half decent, they're going to win. I remember a few years ago, Kyler Murray is between Kyler Murray and Josh Jacobs, and I thought Josh Jacobs was a clear winner of it. They gave it to uh, Kyler Murray anyway. So I think it's pretty safe to go with the quarterback uh, if he does go to the Panthers. I mean, he does have some weapons uh, his first year. He's not completely by himself on this Panthers offense. Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst. Their offensive line was subpar, but they weren't a bottom five offensive line in terms of pass protection last year. Uh, So he has enough around him if he does start right away to at least put up a respectable season, I think, with Carolina. So offensive work the year, I'll, I'll do the obvious choice. I'll say Bryce Young, defensive rookie of the year. Obviously, Will Anderson, uh, everyone's talking about how he's just the most, the, just the best overall player in the draft. I like Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech edge rusher. So I'll, I'll go a little different. I'll say him, uh, but it's it's probably going to be a toss-up between one of the two. I feel like maybe I'm wrong because I don't have the numbers in front of me or the list in front of me, but I feel like pass rushers now have become the quarterback version of defensive rookie of the year. I feel like the large majority of time it's pass rushers. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I should look up that list, but I think you're pretty safe going with a quarterback to win offensive rookie of the year and a pass
0: rusher to go defensive rookie of the year. I've never seen anyone more in on Tyree Wilson than Ian. And I absolutely love it. I love it. If the Falcons somehow get Tyree Wilson, (laughs) he will have a Jersey. It will somehow have come before the draft is even picked. He will, he will like already be wearing it on draft night. Um, I'm excited for you if that were to happen.
1: If we get Tyree Wilson, just plan the parade route because (laughs) the Vince Lombardi Trophy is coming to Atlanta.
0: Desmond Ritter and Tyree Wilson, nothing else. Don't need anything else. Don't worry about it. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm gonna go defensive first. I'll I'll go with Will Anderson because I think it's just not a sexy pick. I just think it's the the easy pick, and I'm with you, Reed. I just think he's so good. He's gonna put up some gaudy numbers. He's going to have some crazy sack numbers, uh, at least for a rookie, right? I, I, I don't think you're really going to see a rookie edge guy get, you know, 13, 14 plus sacks. You don't really see it anymore. Even guys like Aiden Hutchinson, um, Carl Lopes for the Chiefs, um, what's his name for the Giants, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, it takes a, a while typically for, I always say, two positions tackles and defensive line to really emerge. It takes them halfway through the year. You saw with Aiden Hutchinson, you saw with Thibodeau and you saw with Carl Loftus. First round guys takes about eight games before they finally turn it on. It's a lot different, even if you played in the SEC. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, Will Anderson is just that dude and he'll get it done. And then offensive. I went between JSN, but you guys have have swayed me. for the same reasons, quarterback, I, I think quarterback makes the most sense. And I'm going C.J. Stroud. I don't know. I became a massive C.J. Stroud supporter. <laughs> uh, apparently, I'm a, a massive C.J. Stroud supporter now. Didn't know it. Didn't know it until this show. Uh, I, I feel scared. <laughs> a Ohio State quarterback. I like. I, it feels wrong. It just doesn't feel right. But I think C.J. Stroud gets it done. So I'm going with uh, with Stroud. Yeah, you you've been all of a sudden. You've become the C.J. Stroud uh, spokesperson. I don't know why. Like it makes no. I'm not even a
2: big CJ. You're zagging. You're zagging against what everyone's thinking. Everyone's like, "Oh, Shroud's
0: gonna fall. Shroud's gonna do this," and you go, "No." Is it? Is it? Is this
1: based on him going number one overall to Carolina, or if he drops to a different team, doesn't matter. You're you're on him regardless.
0: I'm on CJ Shred regardless. I just think he will start better than Bryce Young. I think there's just more of a floor. That's so just what, my personal opinion.
1: Let, let's say Bryce Young goes Panthers. Uh, let's go Texans. Google, do go quarterback and go CJ Stroud. You take Stroud with the Texans over Bryce Young. Yeah, I, Panthers?
0: I, I would still take Stroud wherever he falls. I think the Texan situation is not great by any means, but I don't think it's as bad as people want to make it out to be. The team's not good. I'm not saying the record's going to be good, but they've tried to at least give a rookie quarterback a chance. They re-signed Laramie Tunsil, which was massive. Uh, the best pass protector or second best pass uh, pass protector in the NFL alongside Trent Williams is them, too, and then everyone else. Right. Uh, I think getting Dalton Schultz, who was the best tight end to hit the free agent market, was huge. Rookie quarterbacks, tight ends. It's, it's a great relationship. It's peanut butter and jelly. We know this. I know Brandon Cooks left, but they brought in a Robert Woods. Robert Woods is not Brandon Cooks, but he's still a solid wide receiver. He's also a good blocking wide receiver. Damian Pierce. Um, they have a, a decent run game down there to take some pressure off of uh, whoever they draft at quarterback if they go quarterback. So I, I think if CJ Strud were to go to I'm still going him. All right.
1: I like it. I do want to correct what I said earlier because I mistakenly did say that pass rushers are like the quarterbacks of the defense when it comes to winning defensive work of the year. Just not true. I was just way off on that. Last 10 years, it's been three. Sau- cor- Sauce Gardner last year. Sauce right? Gardner this year. So it's yeah. been three cornerbacks, two linebackers, two interior defensive linemen, and three edge rushers. So it's just a little bit of everything. So don't listen to me. I was wrong.
2: I, I will say if, if Anderson finds himself in Houston, in D'Amico Ryan's defensive scheme, I feel like that's really going to lend himself to get some immediate production. If you know they're going to try and build the same mold around the Niners, a lot of sack opportunities there. So I'll, I'll say, I part of my reason for taking Will Anderson was I, I think that there's a good chance he ends up in Houston, so I think that
0: that might help out this uh, this pick.
1: There you go.
0: All right, final into the future, most likely Hall of Famer from this draft class.
1: You guys go first, because mine's a little bit, mine's a little bit different. So I, I, I'll, I want to go last for this one.
0: I'll go first. No one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not
1: not, zero draft. Hall of Famers the entire draft class. Just no, the draft Seemus class. Draft. The whole no,
0: I, I, th- this one, I, no one really has been standing out. I think it's a relatively deep draft class when you get to the middle rounds. I think there's a lot of solid players in this draft. But I don't see a whole bunch of mega superstars. I think Jalen Carter is one of the closest ones you can get. I just don't trust it. I don't trust going Jalen Carter, not just some of the off-the-field stuff, but the the gaining the weight, the the poor pro. day. It comes down to how bad does he really want it? I know it's a small thing, but that's all we have to go off right now. He's not even signed. He's not even drafted, and you're seeing dude who almost didn't look like he cared. That's not a good sign to me. That's not a guy who's going to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, If I had to pick a guy, I'd go Will Anderson just for the talent alone. But I do think as an edge in today's NFL, you're going to start seeing sack numbers rise, rise, and rise. And how many of those guys are going to get into the Hall of Fame? Same thing with quarterbacks. You're eventually going to have a cutoff. You keep saying, well, he was top 10 in passing yards. Well, yeah, no shit, because passing yards kept going up, up, up. (laughs) Like At at some point, it's going to have to be a cutoff, and you're going to have to be like, well, were you a top five guy of your of your uh, era? Were you a top five dude in, in your position of a decade? Were you a top three guy in any season? Like eventually we had to stop with the counting stats and go with where were you? Because Frank Gore had all the counting stats in the world. I'm not trying to say Frank Gore is not a Hall of Fame running back. That's not the hill I'm trying to die on here. But when was he ever a top three running back in the NFL? Any, extent, any extended period of time. There never was. So you have the counting stats, like Omar Vizquel in Major League Baseball. That's just where I'm at. I, I'm not trying to get into a crazy Hall of Fame debate with you, but I think it's going to be tougher for edges to get into the Hall of Fame going forward. I think it's going to be tougher for quarterbacks going forward. So I'm not going with the, with any quarterbacks. Um, uh, if I had a pick, though, I'll go Will Anderson. Yeah, you need to adjust for inflation with some of these stats. You say about all
2: sports, just like the way it's, uh, you know, modern sports have been played. I, I said Will Anderson also. I didn't have a really comfortable uh, – like feeling this one, no one really jumps off the page, kind of similar to Sterling. I just think, you know, talent, Hall of Famer, it's it's tough to project because, again, like we don't know what team these guys are going to be on, what situation they're going to be on, how are they going to produce, and, you know, all these Hall of Fame careers, you need a lot of injury luck, you need like a lot of things to break your way. So it's kind of tough to say right now, but I think just based on talent alone, it will be Will Anderson. On the Jalen Carter thing, though, in terms of projecting a Hall of Fame career, I mean, listen, this guy's a terrorizing pass rusher, but like, he isn't an every down player either. So are the, the numbers going to get there for a guy who's only playing, you know, 40, 50, 60 percent of snaps, whereas Will Anderson's probably going to be on the field for the entire game. So um, just comparing those two. But, yeah, I'll go, you know, in pencil, Will Anderson. And then, Ian, let's hear uh, your interesting take.
0: And why is it going to be Derek Hall? <laughs> no, I actually. So what I actually, I,
1: I while you guys were talking, I went back and tried to find like the last draft where there might not be a Hall of Famer. Twenty fifteen might not have a Hall of Famer in this entire draft. Interesting. Todd Gurley, he's not a Hall of Famer. Is nah, he?
0: Nope. not even close. Jamal Charles is not going to make the Hall of Fame. There is absolutely zero chance Todd Gurley is. No, Todd Gurley has no chance. Like five seasons. Marcus Peters isn't there.
1: No. Landon Collins.
0: No, what? What? no,
1: man, like I'm, I'm <laughs> listing the, the best players from this draft. I don't
2: think was that like Jameis uh, and Mariota? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So right there, you're off to a terrible start. The two quarterbacks aren't even close. Frank Clark?
0: No, although you, you can make the case for the for the playoff numbers, but I I would not go that far. You wouldn't make the Hall of Fame, though. He'll just be like remembered fondly.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, the 2015 draft has a Hall of Famer. So maybe you're right story. I I guess I just assume that there is like at least a couple of Hall of Famers in every NFL draft class, but just uh, I guess it's not the case. So maybe you are right. Maybe there are no Hall of Famers. I'm going to go with someone a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, because obviously Will Anderson, I think, is the obvious choice choice with how much talent he has. Um, But I think one of the two cornerbacks that are projected to go in the top 10 might be a Hall of Famer. And I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. The more mm. I look at this guy, the more I love this guy. The only weakness that people say uh, about Christian Gonzalez is that uh, he doesn't use his size in stopping the run and maybe pressing as hard as he can. But I mean, all the great quarterbacks, all coverage guys. Anyways, guys are going to get a million interceptions. Guys are going to return interceptions for touchdown. This guy this guy, is the athleticism. He has the speed. I'm going to take uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon as a cornerback to make the Hall of Fame.
0: No kicker. No punter. We're not going to go out on a limb here. And I thought you were gonna get crazy with it.
1: Oh, Stefan Diggs was drafted in the fifth round as Gregory Schwartz just brought up in the 2015 draft is he's probably the best option for Hall of Famer. He's yeah. not there yet, but, um, I would say he's
0: like trajectory wise,
2: like in the mix.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Good call. I, I, with, with I, Gregory.
0: I, I will say major league baseball and in NFL hall of fames are two completely different animals. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is like, no, they're no, both, no. They're both hard, though. The NBA is like a participation trophy. No, NBA is – Basketball yes, Hall it, of Fame, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah a little, little different, but Major League Baseball is the toughest. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's, baseball it's the just, toughest, yeah. So, a uh, little different. So, I think Stefan Diggs is correct on the right tra- uh, trajectory. Uh, let's do some quick hitters. In or out, Stetson Bennett will make an NFL roster.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say in. I think he'll get taken in the last round, and I think I brought this up last uh, last week's show. I think that Atlanta might take him. Might just might, might just bring the George boy home. But there's been some reports that teams don't like his off the field uh, things. They haven't really specified. I don't think exactly what those things are. Um, I know. You, I think you got like a public intoxication mm-hmm. uh, thing a, a couple weeks ago. But is that enough to completely sway teams? But then again, I mean, if you're projected to be like a round six, around seven uh, pick. And teams don't like your off the field antics, then that might just completely drop you off um, any draft. Now, at the very least, even if he does not get drafted, he'll get signed on as an undrafted free agent. But it's gonna—it's hard to make an NFL roster as an undrafted free agent. So I'll still say yes for at least a year. I think it could be close, though. So
2: I'll I'm go. I'll go the opposite of Ian. I, I don't think he gets drafted, but I do think he makes an NFL roster, but uh, I, I don't think anything's going to
0: come of it though. I'll go in. I think he's a backup for a couple of years and fizzles out probably. Um, yeah. He impressed me honestly in the, in the championship game. He made some throws just this year for Georgia where I go, oh, okay. Like th- those are some, some big time throws. I, I get it. He's not the the most talented dude, but he made some throws. I go, all right that is better than I expected. He, Those are some tough throws. I get he's got all the talent in the world surrounding him. The offense wasn't built around him, but if he needed to step up, he stepped up. Um, I, I think there'll be enough to get him drafted the sixth, seventh round. I will say, everyone always brings up his age at 25. He's the same age as Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, we, we keep talking about how old he is. Hendon Hooker was the same age. So, if that doesn't deter Hooker from going to the first round, mm-hmm. I think it shouldn't deter a team from drafting Stetson Bennett Later on, again, I don't think he ever is going to be a starter in the NFL, but I do think he gets an opportunity at some point to be a backup. Uh, at least one quarterback from this draft will make the Hall of Fame, in or out? I'll say out. I'll go out also. I'll go out, but I couldn't make the case for C.J. Strong. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go that far. No, I'm out. I, uh, I think, honestly, Anthony Richardson might have the best chance, but he might have the most variance of any player. In this draft, I I think Bryce Young, while there's some concerns about injury, there's not as much concern about the talent level from Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson's a big dude. I mean, he's almost Cam Newton size, right? We're not talking about a slight build from a running quarterback. We're talking about a big build from a running quarterback. Um, If Anthony Richardson gets more accurate, I I think he would probably be the best opportunity to make the Hall of Fame for the quarterbacks. I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, because I think that's the question when you're asking it, it's, it's basically which quarterback is the highest ceiling, right? Which might be yeah. Anthony
0: Richardson. Yeah. The Texans will have a top five pick again next year, which would be their fourth straight in or out. I'm
1: going to say, oh, just because of how bad that division is. I mean, how many games do you have to win to not have a top five pick? Not many. Um, for this, yeah, I'll, year, I'll,
2: I'll this year, Denver slash the Rams, who are picking five and six, they each won five games for reference.
1: So uh, six games uh, oh.
2: and just uh, Houston won three and tied one last year. I'll say, I'll say, I uh, would I say they pick like six, seven, eight, I think. And I think they're going to be a bottom five team again, especially because I expect them to, you know, whether they draft love us, whether they trade back, I don't really see answers on the offensive side of the ball just yet. I think that they're in the top five yet again,
0: mm. I think. Think in, but I think it's around five. I don't, I don't think it's one or two or even three. I, I think it's more of five. I think they win about five to six games next year. Um, if it's Davis Mills, he's not good, obviously, but I, I, he at least gives you some sort of floor, some sort of known quantity. Um, if it's a rookie quarterback, there might be a growing period. But again, I think they gave their chance, or rookie quarterback a chance to at least have some sort of success with the tight end, Dalton Schultz and Laramie Tunsell and, and Robert Woods. Uh, they do obviously have another draft pick in the first round. Maybe they go wide receiver and quarterback. That that would automatically give a boost offensively to that team. I'll say in, but I think it's five. Like, I, I think they're right at five or six. So that's where I'm at. I know it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I, I do think they're not quite as bad as people are making them out to be. Sure. So, uh, Archie Manning is a future number one overall pick. In or out?
1: Reed, I'll let you go
0: first. I'll go out. Well, uh, I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, obviously the uh, future number one overall pick is a, is a, is a massive, well, apparently uh, he was, appar- apparently he,
2: I get he's a, you know, he's a incoming freshman and everything, but, uh, apparently he didn't look so good at the Texas spring game. I, I did not tune into the Texas spring game, but apparently he didn't look so hot. So, um, you know, maybe He's a little bit rougher around the edges than, uh, you know, people like this golden boy type prospect. Maybe we'll take a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, I, I'll say, yo oh, just because, I mean, it's that's such a high bar. Even yeah. saying a first round pick um, would be a high bar. But uh, yeah, so I'll say oh.
0: wow. I'm excited well, to see what happens though. For fun, I'll say in. Yeah, <laughs> <All right. laughs> let's go with it. God, come on. Yeah. Come on, you guys are just being – as I was the one that said there would be no Hall of Famers in this draft class. Yeah, I'm somehow calling you guys buzzkills. I I don't have a strong opinion. I I think it's way too early to even tell. Uh, Spencer Rattler, remember him? Oh, he was going to go 1-1. Spencer Rattler is this guy. He's the dude. And then he went to South Carolina, and he was just basically okay. He was fine last year. He'll probably get eventually drafted. But it's not like Spencer Rattlers all of a sudden, yeah, he's 1-1. Yeah. No, and he had all this hype for him. I mean, he wanted to make shirts and jerseys, and he he had his own brand and stuff, and it just fell off. So I think it's very very difficult. It's really difficult to uh to say, uh like Baker Mayfield even like was Baker Mayfield ever going to be one one? No one ever thought that, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll I'll say out truthfully, but I want to say in just uh, to spite <laughs> you fellas, so uh, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, Alright, well what's going on with you guys? We'll start with Ian. What are you up to?
1: Uh, it's the NHL playoffs started last night. My beloved Toronto Maple Leafs game won tonight. I'm dreading it. I should be looking forward to it, but I'm just dreading it. Sterling, I don't know how much you follow the NHL, but the, the Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series since 2004, 2005. Um, they've lost seven straight first round playoff series with every, I think, all of them except for the first one against the Capitals, they've gone to the fu- the Game Seven or the COVID years Game Five because it's the best five series. So I'm preparing myself for heartbreak for my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs once again.
0: Mm. No, I'm not a big hockey guy. I like watching hockey when I do turn it on. Uh, I will say this: I can ice skate. I have never once fallen in my life. I'm not oh. good at ice skating, but that balance—it was that former skateboarder in me. You know, I'm <laughs> not not eating shit. So I got that going for me. I'm rooting for you, Ian. You need something to root for because you have the Blue Jays. You have the Falcons. You need something.
1: Just I want one championship in my lifetime. I'm 30 years old now. I've yet to see a championship. Just one. And I'll never Mm -hmm. complain ever again.
2: Yeah, Strang, I know you're not rooting for me. I got uh, Nets playoffs Thursday, Saturday at home. I'll be at both. I'd like to get one win. I'd like, I'd like one just like for some camaraderie. Last night was obviously very painful. I couldn't make an open shot. But that being said um, you know that's pretty much going on and then we' we're, uh, we're uh, geared up for NFL draft obviously uh, with all this crazy steam um, you know draft betting stuff like that just trying to
0: you know pay rent for the you know next month or two so that's uh, the goal there. 10 nine eight seventy76ers. <laughs> Come on baby. Shu you won know, last night too that's the annoying part. They're going to, they're, yeah, they won last night. They're 2-0. No, the Nets, the Nets sure never won last night. Are you kidding me? No, I mean, no, I'm no. They miss. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe they should make them then. Maybe because they're not good. Maybe that's the reason why. That, that, uh, is, why. that is why, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> in-game playoffs for me, going with the Sixers. And, yes, you might be yeah. asking yourself, who's on this Sixers jersey? Is it Nerland's Noel? Former the Nets. Nets. Played for the Nets this year. <laughs> i don't I'm back for you. For the Nets. So, I work for the Sixers and they had Nerlens Noel. I have two signed Nerlens Noel jerseys and a wait for it, Jalil Okafor signed jersey. Yeah. Sure yeah. You were, you were with the Sixers where they were like in the pro like deep in oh, the yeah. process. Oh yeah, it was great. My first year they uh they drafted Ben Simmons and then he proceeded to break his foot on the final practice before game 1. Um my Malik Monk take is is aging better now. I said Malik it's Monk my- might be a, a good pick. Uh, it, it took him only about seven years. It's taken like the scenic route, but you're, it's coming along nicely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's been okay. It's been okay. They needed shooting, and he's a, he's a shooter. Uh, so I'm going with that. I'll, I'll go with uh, just just against to read. I'm going with the Sixers. Okay. Oh, I wore this for you, dude. Come on. Oh, thank you. You're so flattering. I just want one win. I like. I'm going to be at both games. I'd
2: like to win one. I'm not expecting. I didn't expect to win the series. I'd like to grab a game at home, though. Have some sort of excitement, preferably the game on thursday so like at least like there's maybe a chance of some intrigue but um i'd like to get one win that'd be nice to you know end the season that way
0: ian are you a toronto guy then i i know you're a blue jays a falcons um hockey dude but what's your your nba team you're gonna pick like the lakers or something like that aren't you
1: no i officially chose my nba team about two months ago i'm a fan of the new york knicks
0: okay brutal <laughs> yeah, that's that's just hey, Reed. You want to team up? At least that's something <laughs> yeah, that yeah, it, like. I something agree on.
1: I, mean, I live in New York now. I needed at least one New York team to cheer for. So I didn't have a basketball team. Um, i have not. I was wasn't going to cheer for the Nets after what they've gone through this year. They're going to stink now for a while. So I'll cheer for the Knicks. Uh, and of course, uh, R.J. Barrett's a Canadian, so it gives me reason to cheer for.
0: Them. Part of me wants to root for the Kings because they've not they hadn't won a playoff game since what was it, two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, Light the beam, baby.
2: Light yeah, the beam. Time.
0: They're sick. Yeah, they're good to watch. They're, they're a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, but this was Stack in the Box, and this was a lot of fun. Reed Wallach, make sure you follow him on Twitter at R-E-E-D-W-A-L-L-A-C-H. Ian McMillan, co-host as always. Ian, dude, this is always fun, man. I, I, I very much enjoyed doing this with you and your thumbs up. Uh, it's a nice thumbs up, and make sure to put that beer money on uh, on CJ Stroud going number one. Because again, yes, it's a smokescreen. Uh, I am Stroyn Holmes. Until next Tuesday, this was Stack in the Box. We are out.